Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. We cherish this opportunity to come across your radios and uh, man, what a session we had yesterday and and uh, we continue on here with Psalm 134. With me uh, as always is my friend, my co-host, Stephanie Wesco. Uh, good morning, Stephanie. How are you? Good morning, Doug. I'm doing well. Oh, praise the Lord. And and with us and been with us for a while is uh, Pastor Miller. And uh, Pastor Miller, how's things going for you today? Oh, just great. I feel good. And uh, for my age, I've got many things to be thankful for. Hey, man. Got a wonderful wife and she takes good care of me. And she does. Great pianist, great chil- lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's serving the Lord and got three children that are active in church. They know the Lord, their children are coming to Christ. We have nine grandchildren. Amen. Amen. That's a that's a full quiver right there. Yeah. And uh, thank God for that. And he's uh, looking forward to being able to see a few of those grandchildren uh, up here in Delaware. So let's pray for Pastor Miller's safety as we think about that. Now, as we move forward in Psalm 134, we have this segment, you might be a knucklehead if. And so, you know, you're always wanting to give you guys the right things that keep you from being a knucklehead that keep you guys from making a mistake. And, but, but let me just say this, you might be a knucklehead if, and I know it's a good thing to go to church and Sunday school and stuff. You're always showing up late. I just, I, I think that's, I don't think that's knucklehead of the highest order, but I think you should be through the church doors before they're uh, taking the offering. And uh, I think that, uh, well, let me say something here. He, Doug is preaching at me now. Cause I think I was two minutes late for the recordings this morning. Oh, oh no. And I wasn't talking <laughs> no. about that. I, I don't think he would lay it at all. Yeah. And, uh, so anyway, just, uh, if you're always showing up late for church and stuff and kind of busting in or you leave your yeah. phone on, you know, the deal, it's all that stuff. Yeah. And then a uh, book. So we got another book coming from Pastor Miller here, Books That Are Right With God. This is an old classic for devotionals. I like to, to recommend devotionals, but this is excellent for lay leaders and pastors and missionaries. J. Sidlow's Baxter, Baxter, J. Sidlow Baxter's dead, but awake my heart. And I have preached a lot of his outlines and thoughts yeah. through the years as a pastor. And I wished I would have gotten that book, but a lady in a church, the church at Morningside came to me early on and handed me that devotional, and I wished I'd have had it when I was 25 years old, starting in the ministry. Awake My Heart by J. Sidlow Baxter. J. Sidlow Baxter. I actually know the book. It's somewhere in there, and uh, it's a very good book. I So I give it a definite five-star rating on that book, Awake Thy Heart. And so here we are. We're on Psalm number 134. And, uh, you know, as we've been going through these psalms, these psalms, I don't know about you guys, but they've been building on me. You know, over and over again, I'm looking for humility. I'm looking for commitment. I'm looking for doing the right thing. I'm looking for unity. I'm looking for, you know, I want to serve God in, uh, in spirit. I want to serve God 
uh, with the right heart, with the right spirit. I want, uh, I want my spirit to minister to people. Uh, I want all, and I think over and over again in the book of Psalms, we're finding help with that. Well, it's interesting that you'd say building on that because this is the last song of ascent. Yeah. And the songs of ascent started in Psalm 120, and there's 15 of them, and this is the last one. And this is when the males that were required and the people that came to the feast of the Lord came to approach Jerusalem, they would sing these songs. Wow. And this is the last one. This is the height of blessing God as they approach the temple. So if you understand what he means by ascent, you're ascending to the temple that holds God. And, and so people are singing away. So all the Psalms were, were, are saying, but these are the Psalms of ascent. So I remember During the feast days, right. Passover, Pentecost. The holy times, man. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're bringing these. And large, this is, large crowds, hundreds of thousands of people coming into Jerusalem, oh. singing these songs. Boy, wouldn't you love to hear that? And then you got three verses here. Now, only 117 is a smaller psalm, but this psalm is just filled with information here. It's just filled with it. And uh, as we go on, so it says, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. So right away, he's saying, you know, bless the Lord, bless thee out of Zion. And, and uh, uh, Stephanie, I want to I come over to you, being that musician, being that, uh, that worship person. Now, what does this song mean to you? Well, we had a scripture song that we used to sing. And just when I was reading it, I'm like, I need to teach that to my kids. We had a scripture song that we grew up singing based on this psalm. And, um, so it makes me think of that, but just, it's beautiful. The song makes me smile. And the fact that verse two says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. The idea that in this time frame, you went to the temple to worship and there was like this, these designated times, but now because of what Christ did on the cross, because that veil in the temple was, Rent into, we have access to the Holy of Holies, to the presence of God, any time of the day or night. And that we are, Paul talks about that we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the fact that any time you can be driving down the road and blessing the Lord and praising the Lord for his goodness. And I know um, it's maybe ironic Um, But when I read this psalm, I was just thinking about um, many hours um, on the road on deputation that we would spend, the kids and I would spend um, singing while we went down the road. And when we were evacuating from Cameroon, um, how we sang, we sang praises to the Lord for hours and hours during that evacuation. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I think there's something here that um, we can miss if we're not careful. And that is that our worship will give us strength in the Lord. True worship, true blessing of the Lord will strengthen you in your, in your spiritual walk, in your daily life, because there's that reciprocal 
wonderful thing that God has set up there that the more time we spend praising him, the more his joy becomes our strength. Yeah. Amen. Uh, so that's, that's a beautiful thing that comes to mind. That's a good thing to come to mind. Now, Pastor Miller, looking and being in that same thought pattern of 134, what comes to your mind? Well, uh, this is a psalm where we're going to bless the Lord. And these servants that are there, they're probably the priests that served the Lord through the night in the house of the Lord, as that verse 1 states. And then it says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. There was an outward action of lifting up hands. And hands, in 1 Timothy 2.8, says, uh, for men lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And the hands represent the heart when they're lifted up. And a holy hand is no sin in it, nothing in it, but I'm reaching out to receive something from the Lord, but I'm also reaching out and giving my heart to the Lord, that lifting up holy hands. Well, uh, what do they bless the Lord for? Primarily in this psalm, it's blessing him for being their creator. Now, Israel had been created by God. He was the one that brought them to life and redeemed them out of Egypt. So he's saying, the Lord that made heaven and earth, bless thee out of Zion. So it's a request and a blessing at the same time. So we see that they're honoring God as the creator. And I think sometimes we forget to thank God. God, you gave me life and breath. Every day you sustain me, but you you brought me into existence, and mm. I'm here because you put me here. And a lot of people today uh, are claiming their rights. They're saying, I can uh, choose what I do with my mind, my body. We didn't create ourselves. We don't get to determine what gender we are. God chose everything about us. Amen. And Psalm 139 makes that very clear that before we were even in our mother's womb, he had all of our members written down in his blueprint of what we were going to look like and be like. And these people are celebrating that God made them, made the earth that they get to enjoy, and the heavens. Wow. And that's pretty wonderful. And You know, as I look at this psalm, I'm reminded there, if you look at verse number one, that we have a God that never sleeps. We have a God that never lays down on the job. We have Mm. a God, as Pastor was just saying, that we can go to any time, any place. We can plug in. Uh, We should stay plugged in. You know, back when I was younger, Pastor Miller will remember this. It seemed like these people used to have these bumper stickers on the car everywhere that said, God co-pilot. And uh, God is pilot. He is... uh, yeah. He's, he's the one doing the navigating. Oh, he's yeah. doing the flying. And, and we don't want to get that relationship wrong. Uh, we, we are of no godliness. Uh, we are, uh, you know, we are these finite human beings with an infinite God. And uh, we got to remember as finite, you know, we stop. And I, we stop in some cases, in some areas. I don't go very far at all. But God, there's no end. There's no beginning. There's no end. It's just God is this infinite, Eternal. wonderful thing eternal. He's there all the time. He's always with us. His worship never ends and lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. And I know some people kind of freak out when folks lift their hands. And I mean, there's ways to lift your hands. I know that. And, you know, I've, I've seen people, you know, like reaching for the light bulb for 20 minutes in church. And then, 
but I'm talking about lifting your hands to receive. And Pastor Miller, you couldn't see it through the radio, but Pastor Miller was holding his hands with his palms facing inward as a receiver to receive those things. So I was a receiver in football. I, I saw myself as a split end is what they used to call them back in the 70s. Now they're mm -hmm. all just wide receivers. So I saw right. myself as that guy far out there, like a runner, you know, running down the side of the field two yards from the line and not going out of bounds as fast as you can and hope the quarterback hits you with the ball. But the reality was I wasn't a split end. I was slow, but I was big enough to block people. So I became a tight end. So I became almost a lineman, yeah. but a little bit of a receiver. Yeah. And, uh, but this is what I know for sure. I was taught how to catch. I didn't know how to catch. When I started playing football as a kid, I thought I did, mm. but they would show me how to catch different balls. Yeah. And when you're catching that long bomb, when you're jumping up in the air, uh, you put your hands out there as a receiver, your palms back towards you, and you suck that bad boy yeah. in and hold that thing to your chest as you're coming down because you're going to get pummeled. But I remember this, and not being the pummel thing that matters, but here's what I remember. I remember that you want to receive. You want you don't want your hands out where it can bounce off your hands. You want to receive that. Not you on the top grab. of your hands, but the inside of your hands. That's right. You want to grab right a hold of that and pull it right up at your heart and pull it right up yeah. against you. And and uh, in football, they didn't want you to put it down by your stomach. It'd get battered away. You'd get hit by a knee. All those types yeah. of things. You would. They would say, "Get that ball above your heart." You'll always guard mm -hmm. your heart. I remember yeah. we had a. New England Patriots guy that came down and talked to our high, foot, high school football class, and he said, remember, he said, God made us, this is what he said, God made us so that we always guard our hearts. So put that ball on top of your heart and oh, hold wow. it with two arms and <laughs> run. And, uh, and uh, I remember that. Always hold it with two hands. And then you would switch hands. If somebody was coming your way, you'd go to the other side of your body if nobody was on the other side. But if you had... If you're a tight end, there's always someone on both sides. So both hands, you hold that thing as close as you can to your heart. But when we're receiving God, I mean, when that worship yeah. that never ends, our palms are up, we're letting them in. And, and then that last part there, it says, the Lord that made heaven and earth uh, bless. And, and I like this. And uh, uh, bless thee out of Zion, just bless us. Uh, it, it gives us, to me, it gives us a blessing that never stops. You know, we've got a direct line to God. Uh, the blessings never stop. We stop them. I had a guy tell me one time, I had a pastor tell me this. I'm, I was gonna, this is one of the questions I thought of to talk to Pastor Miller about as we wound down from this. But he said to me one time, he said, uh, he said, Doug, God has put me on the shelf. So this guy had went through a good Bible college, a good seminary. He pastored a great church and his daughter got married and they moved and they had a little boy and the pastor decided, I'm going to take a church by my daughter. It's our only child. I want to be close to them. You know, our husband's right up there. He works. He's an engineer. Uh, and I want to live close to them. So he took another church. And the church that he took, I, and I'm not saying it was out of God's will for him to be there, but, I mean, it just failed. Uh, and he called me one day, and I was getting ready to go up and preach for him and talk to him. And I was a good friend of his. I really liked him and enjoyed him. And he said to me, he said, Doug, God put me on the shelf. He said, there's no communication. There's no back and forth right now from heaven. It's shut down. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, brother, God didn't put you on the shelf. And, I, and uh, I, you may have done that. So, I mean, what do you say to a guy, knowing his background, had a church of a few hundred people, things going great, moves down the road. A lot of the people didn't like him. You know, they were at a church that was a family church. And friends, there's family churches out there. I'm just being honest with you, you know. In rural America, there's, you know, family churches. And he went there, and the family didn't like him, so most of the people left, you know. 
And, uh, but what do you say to somebody who says, God's not talking to me, God's put me on a shelf? Well, the first thing is uh, you better ask God to reveal to you if there's some sin that has broken fellowship with the Lord. Yeah. And, uh, if, and if God shows you that, that's okay. But sometimes Satan tells us God's not hearing us. Yeah. I went through a time like that. I, w- I was uh, studying for the ministry my senior year in Bible college, and I got this feeling that God wasn't hearing me, and I got this thought that he's not hearing me, and I searched my heart, and I asked God to show me, and he didn't show me any sin. And finally, I was reading in Hebrews 10 and verse 19, and it says, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ. And sometimes people say God's not hearing me because they don't feel something. Or you have a thought going through your mind, and it might be Satan whispering that thought to you. And I got that verse and said, there's no sin in my life, and God tells me he hears me. So right now, God, thank you. I'm in your presence by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you know, that shut down that thought and that feeling that I had because it was Satan. So I would try and determine with that man, is it sin, Satan, or is it time for you to move some other place where God can guide you? And mm. that man maybe needed, it wasn't his failure. It might have been that family church failure. Yeah. And God may be wanting to move him. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and it may be that God's going to speak to him if he goes someplace else and give him each of his steps ordered by the Lord. But it says a good man's steps are ordered by the Lord, but he's maybe in the wrong place. Yeah, and, and I think he was, and I think he left that. He actually got a secular job, and I kept calling him saying, Brother, I know this church was looking for somebody. And brother, and then and the good side of this, he's pastoring a church right now. Good, and he's doing well. He's doing well, and yeah. And probably that was the church's failure, but Satan would lie to us and tell us, yeah. it's your failure when it might be somebody else's failure. And he's probably a conscientious sort of guy. I find totally. con- conscientious sort of people Satan easily accuses them for wrong when they're not doing wrong, and they get set up on that. Being conscientious is a good trait. You'll take care of everything, and you'll do your part and take responsibility, but Satan jumps on the weakness of that hyper-conscientious person. And the flip side of that is I can accuse him all the time, and he's responsible, and he messed up. Yeah, I like calling it the other side of narcissism. You know, you got these narcissists who go around hurting everybody, and then some people are so tender and yes. want to be so far from that, and, uh, and and not sinning, but not seeing that it, it's overbalanced. That's right. Yeah, and conscientiousness, and Satan goes after that. Yeah. 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 There, there's a balance. So Stephanie, has the devil ever lied? And I know we're down to the last minute or so, but I, I always bring so part of this greatness. I think of God and putting together this podcast the way He did is having so many ladies that are with us. And they, mm. and so, Stephanie, let me ask you this question. Has the devil ever lied to you? And had you believe in there's no communications from uh, uh, number one, heaven? Uh, Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know we talked about this a lot throughout counseling, but, and I was just, last night I was reading Ephesians 6 again and, and the whole passage on putting on the armor of God. Mm. And um, understanding that we aren't wrestling against flesh and blood, um, but we're rest, you know we're fighting principalities yeah. and power. Yeah. And that's on a worldwide scale, that's on a personal level. And 
coming to that realization that every time that the thought goes through your head as if it's a fact that there is absolutely no sense in taking time to pray. There is absolutely no sense in trying to draw nigh to God. It's worthless. Yeah. Take a, that get, is coming Satan. Yeah, that is. That's and and I think the important thing as we wind down here is is understanding that we we get communications from both places. Yes. Both places. And uh, yeah. uh and and you know it's about your spirit ministering to you. We're going to talk about that at, at the at the end. We're going to take some time. So we got one we're going to do a podcast here in a minute again. But we're going to take some time and talk about that. Maybe we'll do a whole podcast with Pastor Miller about knowing who the communications are from. But listen, we love you folks. Listen to this new song from our CD. If we can do anything to help you, check us out on Helpful Wounded Spirits out there on Facebook. We'll get right back to you. We're honored to come across your radio. Thank you so much. We love you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.